You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, episode 179, How to Delight in Your Motherhood. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, friends. Happy Monday. I am so thrilled to connect with you today and share an excerpt from a conversation I had several months ago with a dear friend of mine, Miranda Anderson, from the Live Free Creative podcast. Miranda is a blogger and author and a mom of three, and she has been on 3 and 30 twice before teaching us how to declutter our schedules and our lives. I will link those episodes in the show notes if you're interested in learning more from her. She has such a unique perspective on life, and I'm so grateful that she's my friend and mentor and that she's allowing me to air today's episode, which is actually an excerpt from her podcast, Live Free Creative. Back in November, I think, she interviewed me for her show, and I loved that conversation so much, I wanted to bring it here. And just to set the scene for you a little, when we recorded this episode, we were sitting together on the floor of Miranda's bedroom, between the wall and the bathroom, with the microphone set up between us on a giant 12-pack of toilet paper. So yeah, we are not so fancy, and this is just an intimate, comfortable conversation between two friends who really care about mothers, and I hope that you feel that as you listen today. One of the things we talk about in the episode is the Flex of Gold journal, because Miranda actually had a really big hand in helping me create that. I was doing her creative mentorship, where she was mentoring me one-on-one, and so she helped me make a lot of the decisions on the, the cover and the design. And I don't know if she has any openings for spots right now, but if that's something that you would be interested in, you can check it out on her website. I'm so grateful for the help that she was in me getting that journal out into the world. And I wanted to remind you that I've put this really unique and beautiful journal on sale for podcast listeners through Mother's Day, 10% off with the code 3 and 30. You're going to hear so much more about the concept behind the journal today within the episode. And I hope that if you don't already have this tool to help you gather up and cherish the golden moments in your motherhood, that you will order one after listening. This is an actionable, easy tool to help you find more delight in your motherhood. I truly want every mom to have one. You can get it at 3 and 30 podcastcom slash flexofgold. And don't forget to use the code 3 and 30 for 10% off. I also want to remind you about this month's podcast sponsor, Jane.com. I've really enjoyed getting to explore this online boutique marketplace over the past few weeks. It has women's clothing and accessories, home decor, and children's clothing and toys. Really, it has pretty much everything, but it's all curated to be really good quality and aligned with the latest trends, which is good for someone like me who has a hard time keeping on top of all of that. So Jane offers over 400 exciting daily deals from stylish brands, designer labels, and small boutiques. It's a place that brings the best of affordable style to one easy-to-navigate site. And they also have a top-rated app that is perfect for busy moms. If you're sitting in the pickup line and you suddenly remember that you need new bed sheets, I have been there, you can simply open the Jane app and navigate through it wherever you are. And I love that it's so curated, unlike 
like the Amazon app. So when you open it up, you'll see the styles that might specifically interest you right at the top for browsing. And you can just scroll down and look at all of these beautiful styles. And then they also have a super easy search function to enter what you're looking for and see if they have any deals going on for that item at that time. If you're interested in checking out what Jane.com has to offer, they actually helped me create a curated shop page, especially for 3 and 30 listeners, with some of my favorite items displayed. You can see the deals I handpicked for you at Jane.com slash 3 and 30. That's Jane.com slash 3 and 30. And now here's my conversation with Miranda Anderson from the Live Free Creative Podcast. Here we go. Oh boy, do I have a treat for you. I am sitting directly across the microphone from my good friend, Rachel Nilsson. Hello, everyone. Podcast. Yay! Welcome to my bedroom floor. Yeah, it's so good to be here. <laughs> we were laughing a little bit about, I told you, I have a title for our episode, Rachel. The title is Delighting in Motherhood with Rachel Nielsen. And then I sort of <laughs> chuckled. I think that I could see your face as I said the word delighting in motherhood. And you were like, I don't know if that's exactly the right fit. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if that's exactly it. But I love when you tell the story, kind of your origin story of Noah and Sally being tricky mm-hmm. and the way you thought that motherhood would look versus the way that you found it feeling. Mm-hmm. And um, would you share that? Yeah. I mean, I think that's why I would la- I laugh at the title Delighting in Motherhood because that's the picture that I had and right. that I think so many of us had, yeah. you know, and like I mentioned, I fought hard for these babies. So in my mind, I was like, I am just going to treasure every moment. We're just going to like snuggle all day. And you know, we yeah, all have these like visions. Skip around the neighborhood and blow bubbles together and like do sidewalk chalk that's big and cool and yes you know just like all of the things all you can see all of the visions yes motherhood has the potential to just be delightful yes delightful is a great word for it you know and and I had had a lot of experiences working with children and so I I was a camp counselor for many years I worked at an orphanage in El Salvador for several years and planned magical fun activities for these kids and so I just thought that's how I'm going to be as a mom And then Noah arrived and he was super colicky. I had just given up my career that I loved. My husband was a resident and was never home. And I was in this tiny apartment in a town I knew no one. My baby never stopped crying. And I was like, where's the magic? And I felt so disappointed in myself that Mm -hmm. I felt like... I was doing something wrong that it didn't feel delightful all the time. And on top of that, with adoption, I think, comes an added level of... Everybody would say, you must be loving every minute. And I yeah, would like think... you don't take this for granted for one second yes. because this, you know, you like had to actually, I mean, I guess everyone has to decide and work in some yeah. ways, but it's like, yeah, it feels very poignant, this like gift that you were literally handed. Yes. Yes. You know? And like we have an open adoption and I knew his birth mother. I knew his birth mother really well, both of his birth parents. And um, I knew she was struggling. Obviously, she was grieving hard. So I was trying to support her. So but then I'm like, how she gave me this gift. Why am I not delighting in every moment? Why is this so hard? There must be something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Um, So there just was this disconnect this mismatch between what I thought it would be like and then what it was actually like and then all the shame I piled on myself so 
those were some dark years, those first few years of my motherhood. And of course, there were beautiful, delightful moments in there. And we're going to talk more about that in the episode. But yeah. but a lot of it was really heavy and hard. Yeah, I, I think that we underestimate the power of hearing a mom say, it was really hard for me to mm-hmm. be a mom. Like, I didn't feel like I was doing a good job. It wasn't that fun to have a crying baby. Mm-mm. It's not like I was rocking back and forth singing lullabies thinking, oh, sweetie. You know, you're thinking like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with me? Someone make it stop. Absolutely. I need a break. I need to get out of here. And all of those ideas then come with so much guilt because that's not the way you want to feel. That's not the way you think you should feel. I think anyone who's listening who has kids relates and they think, yeah, I've been there. And maybe some of the moms listening are thinking, I'm there. I am there. I'm here. Like yes. this is this is my reality. I feel like I love my kids and I don't love my motherhood. Mm-hmm. Mm. What this is this is where your show and the the episodes and the interviews that you share every single week, that's that's what you're doing. You're saying, here's some help, here's a lifeline, here's some tips. Mm-hmm. And you've brought some tips for my listeners here today. Yes. Three I brought, takeaways. I brought three takeaways. For delighting in your motherhood. <laughs> Do you want to share your first takeaway? Yes. So my first takeaway is to focus on the flex of gold. So when Noah was a baby, around that time, there was a talk given at at my at a conference at my church um, where he told the story of a young miner. He wanted to strike it rich in the California gold rush, and he thought he would just go and find these huge nuggets of gold in the river, and he would just be able to pull them out, and that would be his fortune. And he went to California, and day after day, he dipped the pan in the river, and all he found was rocks, just rocks after rocks. And he got discouraged and thought, where are these big golden nuggets I dreamed of? There's no gold here. And he was chucking the rocks to the side. He was about to give up. And an elderly prospector walked by and said, there's gold here, all right. You just have to know where to find it. And he cracked open the rocks and showed the young miner that there were these little flecks of gold. The miner said, no, I that I don't want that. I want the big golden nuggets like the ones you have in your pouch. Because he could see that the elderly prospector had a heavy pouch on his belt. And the prospector opened it up and showed him it was the accumulation of thousands of flecks of gold. And when I heard that sermon, it... It was actually about a completely different topic. It was about like finding little moments of service in your life. But when I heard that parable, it just hit me to the core of here. I had expected these huge golden nuggets in my motherhood, and I needed to start looking for the flecks of gold. And those tiny little perfect moments in even the rockiest days where I was rocking my baby and everything felt peaceful and calm or... Um, My husband was home after work and we watched a show together and it just felt so everything felt right in the world, you know, and sometimes it was just one tiny little moment in the middle of a horrendous day. But if I could focus in on that and train myself to see those flecks of gold, then they accumulate and they become really weighty and they anchor you when to get through all of the other hard times. And so I started I've always loved to write. I'm a former English teacher. So I just started writing down one little fleck of gold from each day to really try to train myself to focus on the joy in my motherhood. And um, it really makes a difference in because what you look for, you find. So the more that I did that, the more I could see the gold in my life that was all around me all the time. Yeah, I love that story. I love the 
like vivacious hope. I can like see the little young miner skipping out with his little and just thinking bag it's going to be so easy. This is going to be so. I'm just going to strike it rich. I'm going to do it. And the the disappointment, you know, of not, and then this wisdom. Another piece of the story that I really like that I think is not obvious is the cracking open. I've heard you tell this story several times, mm-hmm. uh, and this is the first time that I noticed that you crack open the rock mm-hmm. to get the flux of gold, um, rather than just like they're like the dusty silt in the bottom of the pan that you maybe didn't notice. Like, no, you actually have to like, this isn't like it settles to the bottom, and if you just look there for the good experiences that you'll, they separate out naturally. Like, you have to look for them. Deliberate, yes. intentional action of where are these moments noticing acknowledging and celebrating them yes in some seasons there's going to be way more flex than others but they're there if you can just really search for them and crack open your experiences and look for them well and almost more important in those in the seasons where they are all around you you know like it feels like oh yeah it's in the seasons that they are few and far between that they mean so much more. Yeah, that it's like true. That the value of gold increase. I mean, the, the val- I mean, this is an interesting just idea and metaphor that the value of gold changes even now, like in our world mm-hmm. right now. The weight of gold is market dependent. Mm-hmm. It changes. So a little bit today may be worth a lot more tomorrow. Mm-hmm. As the market changes, as the seasons change, as the dynamics, you know, global economy changes holding on to even the tiniest fleck in a season where there isn't a whole lot more to go around of that little bit of gold how much more value does it hold truly like it's weighted differently because of the the lack you know and Mm -hmm. that much more important to find it and to see it yeah what a great metaphor and I also think it's really important to note that you didn't just look at them and and like reflect and think like, oh, yeah, that good thing happened today or in the moment think like, oh, this good thing is happening right now. This is a fleck of gold. You took the time and made the space to physically write it down mm. with a pen on paper. I've talked a lot. I talk about it in my show. I talk about it in my retreats that putting pen to paper is powerful. Yes. That record keeping, it's like a physical manifestation and it it doesn't happen the same way technologically either. Like you can type something and it doesn't create the same pathway as it does with pen or pencil to paper. Yeah. And so that um I think just that tiny bit of effort to take it that one step further cr- solidifies the hope in that experience yes absolutely as a as a former English teacher I can tell you like I I mean I know you know but like there's science there's there's a lot of research behind that concept the power of writing it down and and the like the neural pathways that it forms doing that Um, I've even read some positive psychology that says that it's almost as if you're reliving the experience like your brain feels those emotions again when you write them down if you especially if you use like sensory details and you describe what it felt like and what you saw and what and smelled like yeah and it's like your brain's getting getting to experience that again like a little hit of that you know and So I actually created, with all of this in mind, I created a journal that I'm calling Flex of Gold. And I know that you know this because Miranda actually helped me quite a bit with the development of it over the last year. But awesome, awesome product. And I'm super excited. Well, thank you. I'm so excited too. And it's a place, it's a three-year journal where moms can write down one fleck of gold from each day. And what I love about the format of it is that the date 
is on the top, but then there's a space for three years of memories. So you fill it up once and then you circle back around and you write the next year on the same page of the date. I don't know if people can visualize this, but yeah. you write another memory. And so you also get to relive the memory from last year. So you can see on like January 1st last year, this was my fleck of gold. And then you get to reflect on that and remember and how much your kids have grown and then you get to write down another one this year and so there's three years of that it's like a time hop for your golden yeah, I was moments just say it's like when my my facebook or my instagram says this this day last year or this day three years ago and yes. i'm always like fascinated by wow like we've come so far or look at how little they are you know it's whatever like emotional it is. my it husband is. sent me today a picture from his like i don't know if it was Google Photos or somebody, something, somebody. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> sending him pictures from his past. It's really weird, Exactly. Cool. <laughs> and he sent me pictures of the kids from a couple years ago. And I said, oh, my gosh. I'm like, Ryan, they are magical. You know, it gives you so much perspective over how much you love them and how it does bring that delight in. So I just feel like this journal brings in so many different components of it's a gratitude practice. It's also like you get to relive it while you write it. You get to relive it when you read it the next year. And I'm just super excited that moms are going to have this tool that I kind of just did in a little spiral notebook. And that works, too. But I love this beautiful journal that I've created just for your golden moments. Yeah, there is something intentional about having, like, creating space. These are all, like, my trigger words, right? Like, intentional, creating space, you know, like, making, giving place for the things that really matter. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, make sure you check that out. Takeaway one to delight in your motherhood is to look for the flux of gold and then intentionally record them. Yes. What is takeaway number two? Takeaway number two is... To declutter your motherhood of shoulds. Ah, I love the word declutter. Ding, ding, ding. I know. I And as I thought about my takeaways, I thought about concepts that I know your audience is familiar with, that you talk about a lot, that I know are important to you. I have thought often about how the process of decluttering a physical space can be very similar to what you do with a mental space. Mm-hmm. And one thing that was really difficult for me as a new mom was all of the shoulds that I had piled up in that, I call it like inner motherhood closet, like, Mm -hmm. and I needed to purge my closet, just like I would purge my actual closet in my house. I needed to get in there, pull it all out and say, what is even in here that feels so heavy? Like, what are all these shoulds and all this clutter and all this mess? And I really did that by going to therapy. I didn't know I was doing that, but that's what therapy did for me was just help me even see what what, was in the brain that was telling you. Of what you know, a, what a good mom what, should yeah. do. And once I kind of was able to see my own thoughts, my own negative self-talk and recognize. And, you know, sometimes you find these things in your closet and you're like, where did this even come from? Totally. Like, why do I own this? Like, it was a hand-me-down of some sort. And you look at it and you're like, does this even fit me? Do I even like this? Does this spark joy from for me? And it's the same with motherhood that we we sort of get handed these expectations and these shoulds. And at some point we have to say, where does this come from? And does it actually spark joy for me? Mm-hmm. And I teach a workshop about this declutter your motherhood, where we go through kind of this process of figuring that out. And it's been so interesting to see women have these epiphanies about like that comes from my family of origin, or that comes from a fear that has, that came about because of a trial I had in my life, or that comes from my religion, or that all these different outside influences that then you have to ask yourself, do I want to keep this? Does it fit me? 
or do I want to let it go? You will enjoy, you will delight in your motherhood a lot more when you have a closet, a motherhood closet inside that truly reflects you and not what other people think it should be like. 100%. It sounds simpler than it is, I think, though. (laughs) Yes. I'm like, oh, yeah. You take them all out. You, like, line them all up. You decide this one doesn't fit, this one doesn't fit, this one doesn't fit. They're handed to you not only, like, growing up and, like, on the years leading up to becoming a mother – they're handed to you constantly. Mm-hmm. Like today, oh, yeah. you learn something new and think, oh, I should be doing that or I should have known that or I should already, you know, like we should be further along. Like uh, it's it's so interesting and so valuable to examine and to purge, mm-hmm. like you said. It's and like ongoing. Ongoing. Yes. And recognizing that this isn't just something that you can do once. Like you don't just... I mean, you may do like a overhaul declutter of your closet, but then you ha- there has to be some maintenance system mm-hmm. or every few, every season or every once in a while you have to peek back in there and say, what have I accumulated that I don't want Yeah, that's in here? Mm-hmm. And I think the important, one of the really important things about the shoulds is that very often they're sort of one size fits all. They're coming from mm-hmm. like Someone parents, religion, society, culture, you know, types of like they're, they're sort of like prescriptions for everyone should do mm-hmm. this or yes. people like us should do this. They're like kind of your initiation into some sort of like imaginary group or yeah, yeah, community. <laughs> and some of those you might want and some of them you will realize that they don't fit you, mm-hmm. you know. But once you can examine that should and you decide actually, I do want to do that thing, then you are owning your choice. Yeah. Because there's a lot of women in my workshops that say, well, I can't just cut everything out that doesn't spark joy for me in motherhood. That would mean that I never feed my family. I never change my baby's diaper. I never. And I will say to them, you're right, but that's you're you're choosing that you want to do that. It's no longer that you have to or you should. You want to. And so that in and of itself changes it so that it's no longer a heavy should. I mean, it doesn't mean it's going to be fun all the time. Right. But you're tying it back to your values. Mm -hmm. And then it's a conscious choice you're making instead of something that's just been like thrust into your closet that you have to deal with. Totally. Yeah, it's almost like the pressure release valve of like it it builds up, builds up, builds up. And then when you identify it and say – I actually want to do this. I don't have to. It's not that I should. It's that I'm choosing to. And I like the result. Like yeah. I like a, a sweet smelling baby instead of a poopy smelling baby. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, healthy, happy, growing children. I like a clean house. It like releases the the pressure mm-hmm. and and invites then motivation and enthusiasm and, and delight peace and delight yes I love it totally yes and you can I actually I mean I don't know that the dishes are correlated a whole lot with motherhood specifically but I feel like maybe they're they just multiply the more you know people there are home don't like doing the dishes under any sort of pressure and I love doing the dishes when there's no pressure interesting like, when I look at the the kitchen and the sinks full of dishes after you know a big meal or a big you know and I think I need to clean the kitchen right now. I should do this. I have to. I have to. I want to run away. And sometimes I do. And then I don't run away. But like maybe I go to sleep or I watch a show with my husband and I just leave the mess. Mm-hmm. And I think like, I mean, I will identify I don't want to do this right now and that's okay. And then I like leave it. And then when I wake up early and the kids are still asleep and 
I can like look out in my backyard and my six little chickens are like pecking around in the grass and I can turn on some light music and I love the feeling of like the warm water and the good smell of the delicious Mrs. Meyer soap and just like the scrubbing and the bubbles. It, like it feels like all of a sudden it's like this therapy, beautiful moment that I've given myself of like solo dishwashing, you know, mm-hmm. and it becomes delightful instead of annoying and overwhelming. Yes. And I think what you just did there is a perfect example of sensory details of reliving your experiences and focusing on your five senses. I mean, who would ever think that right like that that would be a fleck of gold in yeah. your day? Yeah. But when you frame it that way, you may be like writing in your journal tonight that I got to do the dishes in the stillness of the house with the light music and the warm water and the chickens. You're activating all those yeah. senses and you're in it and you're choosing to be in it. Mm-hmm. And that adds delight to even like the most mundane things. Yeah. Yeah. So declutter the shoulds and invite, like leave that space open then and invite the 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 joy and the delight and the presence of leaving in the closet all of the things you want to do and like the motherhood that you want to have mm-hmm. and own that, like own that you want it and that you are willing to do the things that result in the experience that you hope for without having it to having it all feel like pressure. Yes. From someone else. Yes. And I love that you just said leave the space because that leads perfectly into my third takeaway. Ooh, and yeah. you didn't even I know didn't that. Even know. <laughs> so my third takeaway is give yourself space to grow. And I actually thought about this because one of my favorite metaphors that I have heard you teach about the cactus. Yeah, that was me. Yes. And you talked about how you had a cactus. Tell me if I remember yeah, this right. Yeah. You had a cactus that didn't grow very much and it was in a small pot and then you transferred it to a bigger pot and all of a sudden it had space to grow and it like grew out it, of control. It, I still have this cactus. It's now like seven years old. I bought it at Ikea. Like, you know those two ninety nine plants like yes. it, as you're exiting Ikea? I had just moved to Texas and I was like, oh, people in Texas have cacti. I need to collect a few and I put bought, bought this little cactus and it was in the Ikea pot which is like a four inch terracotta pot mm-hmm. and I thought it was so cute and I like loved it and it stayed alive for a couple years and yeah I was like I don't know if this is supposed to like do anything like it kind of was weird that it was just like and some cacti don't grow very big so I, I didn't know but I did transfer it to a, a 10 inch pot and and then I loved it so much it blew up it grew two and a half feet tall and grew all these branches and it like has I mean it's like it's tall and wide now and then when we moved to Virginia it was such a representation of like life and hope and growth I couldn't leave it I gave most of my houseplants away and this one I you brought your cactus I brought I brought my cactus like in a specialty like I went to Home Depot and bought this concrete tube that like fit around the cactus and the pot and I drove it to Utah. We lived in Utah for four weeks and then I drove it to Virginia. Wow. And I moved it from my rental to our house that we live in now to our Airbnb when our house flooded back to our house now. It sits in my kitchen and I, yeah, and it grows. And it grows. That is one special cactus. <laughs> That has made that journey. I should name it because now you all know it as if it's a friend. (laughs) Yes. But I just feel like when I heard that, I remember I was out for a walk and I heard that metaphor and it just resonated so deeply with me. 
about how sometimes if you feel like you're not growing, you need to give yourself more space in order for growth to happen. If you feel trapped in your motherhood, if you feel overwhelmed and small and all those things, you need to give yourself more room, a bigger pot, if you will, you know? And I think what that looks like sometimes is saying no more often and clearing those things off of your schedule that don't actually bring you joy and not feeling guilty about it and not automatically filling that time with something else, Mm -hmm. but just allowing yourself to be and to figure yourself out and to be present with your kids and all those things. Um, I think that that's one way that you can give yourself space as a mom. You can do things like if you recognize that you're super burned out with young children and you like I have friends who will say, if I put them in preschool, what would I do with that time? They almost feel like they don't have a, quote, excuse to put their kids in preschool mm-hmm. if they don't have a job. And I think if you just give yourself a little bit of space and you give yourself a few hours a week, you will grow and you will find more joy again and passion. And I will tell you, in one of the lowest phases of my motherhood when both of my kids were still young like neither of them was in school yet and they were both very spirited Mm -hmm. (laughs) very strong-willed and I was just in a hard place emotionally and I had done counseling before and I remember talking to my husband and saying should I start counseling again like I'm just really struggling and we would have made the financial sacrifice for me to do counseling if that's what I needed and as I sat there and thought about it I thought Actually, what I need right now, even more than counseling, is time and help. Mm -hmm. That's what I need. And so I actually... Yes, space. Space for you to just sit if you need to. Totally. And so I did like a kind of a direct comparison and I thought about how much I would be spending on counseling Mm -hmm. and I hired a, um, a college student to come help me. And did the exact same amount mm-hmm. of money, you like, know. this is, my therapy is taking care of myself. Yes. And and it was the best decision mm-hmm. I made in that, that phase of my motherhood. And yeah. I know that that's not possible for everyone. Right. But I do think that sometimes if you can think of it as a direct parallel of like, we would invest in therapy. We would invest in this medical care. And my soul care is just as important. And maybe that means we have to give up some other things Mm -hmm. in order to give me even an hour or two a week or whatever it might be. And I remember thinking at that time when Taylor was there, I was like, I just want to write. I don't know what for. I didn't have my podcast yet. I didn't have... I just, so I like wrote articles for Power of Moms, which is a website that I submitted to and I wrote in my journal and... And it was the, I think it was like the beginning of what became 3 and 30 Uh because that's when I really started to write about motherhood and teach through that. And it's because I gave myself space and permission to do that. Uh That you could grow. So I could grow. That you could figure it out. Yeah. And I have a quote that I would like to end with, if that's okay. I would love to hear it. This is one that I found when I was researching for my journal, and I feel like it sums up a lot of the concepts that we talked about today. So this is from Anna Quindlin. She says, Life is made up of moments, small pieces of glittering mica in a long stretch of gray cement. It would be wonderful if they came to us unsummoned, but particularly in lives as busy as the ones most of us lead now, that won't happen. We have to teach ourselves how to make room for them, to love them, and to live, really live. I love that. 
So the flax of gold may not come unsummoned, but if we can make room for them, carve it out, crack it open, crack it open. find them, declutter as much as we can, then that delight and that joy will come to us. If we can make room to love them and to live, to really live. Yeah. I love it so much. Thank you so much for sharing that, for sharing all of your wisdom and your stories and your uh, incredible invitations with us to think about our lives in a new way and to not only love our kids, but also delight Mm. in our motherhood. Yes. (laughs) And thank you for having me and for everything you have taught me. I have learned so much from your show and from your friendship. It's deeply impacted my life. So thank you for having me on. You're very welcome. My friends, thank you for joining me and Miranda in that intimate conversation. I wish you could have been there with us sitting on our bed chatting. We touched on so many topics that are central to both of our work. And so if you loved what you learned here, don't forget that you can learn more from Miranda over on her podcast, Live Free Creative. By way of recap, these were our three takeaways for how you can find more delight in motherhood, even maybe especially during the hardest times. Number one, look for the flecks of gold. Remember the parable of the miner and how he had to start looking for those particles of gold within the rocks. He had to crack them open and really search in order to find them. That is also true of many seasons of motherhood. The beautiful moments are there if we can train ourselves to see them and give them the weight that they deserve. An incredible way to do this is to write down a golden moment in the Flex of Gold journal. And I truly hope you will order one for yourself. I'm completely biased. I admit it. But this is a life-changing tool. And I I really do want every mom to have one. Now through Mother's Day, you can get 10% off with the code 3in30. So it'd be a great time to stock up for gifts for new moms in your life or for anyone who's going through a difficult trial. I'm planning to give one to my kids' teachers at the end of the school year, along with a note telling them that they were a fleck of gold in our year. Second, declutter your motherhood of shoulds. If you notice that you're feeling weighed down in your motherhood, maybe your life is feeling cluttered with commitments or you are constantly beating up on yourself for all the things you should be doing, I challenge you to think of your motherhood as a closet that needs a good declutter. Sit down and write out all the shoulds that are weighing on you and ask yourself, where did this come from and does it really fit me and spark joy for me? If it doesn't, let it go. And if you'd like more guidance on how to do this, I do want to mention that I'm planning to turn my Declutter Your Motherhood workshop into an online course that will release in the next few months. I'm thinking probably August. I've taught this workshop over 12 times to groups of women all over the country, but since coronavirus started, I haven't taught it in over a year and I miss it. I'd like to make it an accessible format for anyone to attend from the comfort of their home And so stay tuned for that. It really is a transformative class. And then third and finally, give yourself space to grow. Remember Miranda's cactus? It stayed small until she put it into a bigger pot. Once it had room to spread its roots and to stretch out a little, quite literally, it exploded with growth. How can you give yourself more space to grow within your motherhood and your life? That might mean literally giving yourself more space like within your schedule, or it might mean just giving yourself more space emotionally and mentally to explore your gifts and your talents, to think of yourself in a new way, to let go of limiting beliefs of yourself, 
I challenge you to let this metaphor with the cactus just kind of work in you and think about it. Talk it over with a friend or your partner and make a plan for giving yourself a bit more growing room in your life. My friends, I am rooting for you. I want you to love motherhood as much as you love your children. You deserve that and so do they. I hope these three takeaways will help and I hope you have a delightful week with your family.